1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, vital to the Christian life. It's 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 a necessary aspect of salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. You can't be saved without it. You can't be saved with anything else. But the Bible says not only are we saved by faith, but we walk by faith. We live by faith. As we receive Christ Jesus, Lord, so we walk in Him. So faith, the topic of Hebrews chapter 11 is very relevant, very applicable, very important uh, for us in our day-to-day Christian lives. We need to know what it is and what it does, and we've studied some of that together the past couple weeks. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith helps me to see the truth. Faith makes the promises of God a reality in our lives. For by it, verse number two, the elders obtained a good report. The men and women recorded in the faith hall of fame, in the roll call of faith, Hebrews chapter number 11. The reason they are here is because of the faith they exercised in God. God made a promise. They believed the promise. God gave instructions. Because they believed the promise of God, they obeyed the instruction of God. And the Bible says in every case, they obtained a good report. Their lives are recorded for us in Hebrews chapter 11 as examples. They are the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12. They are testifying to us this morning. It is always worth it to exercise faith in God. You will never be disappointed taking God at His word. You can believe every promise. You can claim every blessing. We ought to obey every command because the elders obtained a good report by faith. What's your spiritual report card like this morning? What if our lives were part of the record of the word of God? Would it be a good report? The only way for that to happen is by exercising Faith. What is faith? Not necessarily believing God can do things, but believing God enough to do what he said. Then verse number three this morning, the Bible says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The topic of verse number three, creation. Something we understand by faith. Remember, faith is not a blind leap in the dark. Faith is not the opposite of reason. The two are not mutually exclusive. Our faith is built upon credible evidence. And verse number three really highlights and underscores that truth, that truth for us this morning. Hold Hebrews 11, come to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. How many of you have learned Miss Lillian's rendition of Hebrews 11.3? The country version, the opera version, the funky version. Always my favorite. No, I'm not going to do it for you this morning. But you can demonstrate after class if you'd like. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let's break the verse down by phrase. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, the worlds were framed, is built, uh, erected, put together by the word of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, how did he do that? Verse number 3, and God 
said, let there be light, and there was light. You and I can't do that. Uh, God, God spoke, and what he spoke, immediately it happened. That's incredible. Verse number 6, and God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters. Verse number 9, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. End of the verse, and it was so. Verse number 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Herb yielding seed, fruit yielding fruit after his kind. End of the verse. And it was so. Verse number 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly moving creature that hath life. Verse number 21. He saw that it was good. Verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. And it happened. Verse number 26. And God said, <coughs> let us make man in our Image And he did. Each day of the creative week in Genesis chapter 1 begins with this statement, with this phrase, and God said. The words were framed by the word of God. The word universe, if you break that down, it begins with the prefix uni, which means one or single. A unicycle has one wheel when we're in Unity, we're all together as one. When we sing in union, everybody sings one part. The universe. What is a verse? It's something that somebody says or recites. So the universe is something that someone, it's one thing that was spoken. A single spoken sentence is what made everything that we see and that we don't see the Bible says the worlds were framed by the word of God. He simply spoke it into existence. Joel Osteen pretends that he can do something similar. He can't. None of us can do anything close, but God said, hey, light, sun, moon. He didn't snap. He said, start, let there be. And it was so. Come with me to Psalm 33. Psalm 33, turn there in your Bible. Let's read these verses together. Psalm 33, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Psalm 33 and verse number 6. Psalm 33 and verse number 6. <clears throat> Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse number nine. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The worlds were framed by the word of God. Look at Psalm 148. Verse number five. Psalm 148. And verse number five. A couple cross references for you. Psalm 148. And verse 5, the Bible says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. He commanded, and they were created. Look at Psalm 29. Psalm 29 and verse number 4. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, all the hosts of them by the breath of His mouth. Psalm 29 verse number 4. The Bible says this, the voice of the Lord is 
powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Jot this reference down. Hebrews 1 verse number 3. The Bible speaks of Jesus Christ. The express image of the invisible God. Who upholds all things by the word of his power. He created it by speaking. He holds it together by his word. The Bible says his voice is powerful. When we step back and we consider this just for a moment, it is, it is very evident why creation is such a great reminder or display of the power of God. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 32, 17, All the Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy right hand, by thy outstretched arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. If God can speak light into existence and speak the earth into existence and speak the waters into existence and speak the creatures into existence, if he can simply just say something and it happens... Is there, is there really anything too difficult for him to do? God did not exert himself to create the heaven and the earth. That week was not a stressful week for him. It was not full of anxiety or exertion. He was The only reason he rested the seventh day, it's not because he was sleepy, it's because he wanted to set an example for us. Everything seen and unseen created by God in six days. And the Bible says in Psalm 102, when he, when, he, when he destroys this earth and makes a new heaven and a new earth, it'll be like changing clothes. The Bible says they are waxed old and as a vesture shalt thou change them and they shall be changed. That's Psalm 102 and Hebrews chapter 1. It, it didn't exert him at all to do it. It's amazing. That's incredible. That's the God that we serve. There's nothing that he can't do. We shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't lack trust in his power or his ability. The Bible says he created all things by the word of his power. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. The worlds were framed by the word of God. God. Now we understand that to be the fact that he spoke the word into existence. There's another application. Who is the word of God? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him. Verse 14 says and the word was made flesh. That is Jesus Christ was active in creation. All things were framed by the word of God meaning the son of God. Ephesians 3, 9, God created all things by Jesus Christ. But go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's move to the next phrase. Through faith we understand all, that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So that things which are seen were not made <coughs> of things which do appear. When God created the heaven and the earth, he started with nothing and ended with everything. The phrase they use to describe this, I don't even know how to pronounce it correctly. I'll spell it for you. E-X-X. I think I got that part. Nihilo, Nihilo, something O, N-I-H-I-L-O. Is that Spanish, Joey? Can you help us with that? No. X Nihilo, X Nihilo. Out of nothing, everything. God did not start 
with building blocks. God did not start with matter. He was the start of everything that there is. God was the necessary first and uncaused cause. There is distinction in the Bible between the two words created and made. When you make something, you start with what's already there and you form it and you fashion it and you put it together to come up with something new. But when you create, or actually when God creates, he starts with nothing. Man can make many things, but we've, we've got to start with something that's already there. Have you ever heard it said that, 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 that scientists created life in the laboratory? You know what they did? They actually got a bunch of amino acids and a bunch of proteins and they like shocked it and it came, it, it, it developed into a different type of protein or amino acid. They started with stuff and they messed with it and something happened. That was creating life. That's not creating. If you're going to create, you've got to start with nothing and then poof, something living. Until you do that, I'm not impressed because it's not creation. Okay, The Bible says that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, this is why the verse says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Guess what? When God did that, nobody was there. Nobody saw this happen. It does take faith. To believe in creation. It does take faith. To believe in God. The creator. But guess what? You can tell your science teacher this. It also takes faith. To believe in evolution. It also takes faith. To believe in the big bang. Because guess what? Nobody has ever seen. One species. Turn into another species. Darwin might have studied a bunch of finches, but they were all still finches. It's not evolution. Evolution is when the finch jumps into the water and starts swimming, or when the, 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 the dinosaur becomes a bird, or the bird becomes a dinosaur, whichever way it's supposed to work, when the whale turns into a cow or a cow turns into a whale. Nobody's ever seen one thing turn into another thing. All the examples they give you is some sort of adaptation within a particular species. Nobody has seen evolution. A lot of people believe it, though, because they have faith. Nobody's ever observed the universe condense into an infinitesimal dot that is spinning and spinning and completely explodes. And expands and spreads out. And even though it's all spinning in one direction, when it breaks off, it spins in all kinds of different directions. It's very unscientific. There's a scientific law called the conservation of angular momentum. Try it on a merry-go-round next time you're at the playground. Get it all spinning in one direction so fast that everybody flies off. And guess what? They will spin the same way. That's science. That you can see and observe. The Big Bang, a lot of people believe in it because they have faith. All right? And the Bible says through faith we understand 
that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I believe by faith, hope you do, that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Didn't see it happen. It's recorded in the book. I believe it just like the book says. Remember how verse number one defines faith or describes faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It makes the promises of God a reality. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is evidence. And, and that's, again, that's a curious phrase. That's, that, that, that seems contradictory. Evidence supports faith. Faith we don't think of as evidence, but evidence is defined is that which enables you to see truth. So through faith we understand. Faith is the evidence that helps me understand, that helps me see that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Here's here's what I'm saying this morning. When I receive this truth by faith, then I can begin to see the evidence for God's creation. When I receive this truth by faith, then the world around me begins to make a lot more sense. Because the people that reject the God of creation and reject the biblical account of the origins of the universe, they like to brag about believing in science, but the theories that they adhere to are all very unscientific. In order to believe in evolution, in order to believe in the Big Bang, I've got to contradict the laws of science, which can be seen and observed and demonstrated and experimented. Their worldview contradicts their statement of faith. When I say, no, God created the heaven and the earth, and then I, I begin to view the world through that lens Everything just falls into place and I, I don't have these contradictions. It's all, it's all very, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it just, it, it, it flows naturally. It works. For instance, there is a law of science that says the first law of thermodynamics. Anybody remember? Matter and our energy cannot be created or destroyed. Good job, Emma. Matter and our energy cannot be created or destroyed. Well, there's a lot of matter. There, there's a lot of matter out there. A lot of matter in here, and it's just very, 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 very little part of the universe. A lot of energy. Well, if it can't be created or destroyed, where'd it come from? And that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> you know, you, you try to witness to somebody. You try to try to open the Bible. Oh. Where did God come from? Well, he didn't. He's God. They pretend like they don't have the same problem in their worldview. Where did stuff come from? Okay, it began with a big bang. But who made the stuff that exploded? And who provided the energy for it to spin and explode? Who bought the gas to run the machine? Right? So by dismissing God and saying, I don't believe in creation, you don't get rid of the problem of where did it all come from? I mean, it might sound intelligent and you might be able to stump a few Christians by saying, where did God come from? But you can just 
turn back the same question. Okay, where did stuff go? I believe in the beginning God. You believe in the beginning nothing. And then everything. Well, aliens put it here. Where'd the aliens come from? Seriously, Richard Dawkins, you know, that super smart God rejecter guy. That was his answer. Maybe aliens planted seeds. Oh, yeah, science. Because we've seen that, observed that, demonstrated that. That can be experimented with. Okay? Second law of thermodynamics. Everything tends toward order or disorder. Class participation, please. Everything's tend towards disorder. Just like your hair. After a good night's sleep. Just like your breath. After a good night's sleep. Just like your room. After a day. Right? Just like your body as you age. Like the preacher at the Mission Youth Rally. Come on. Everything is going down. Nothing is getting better by itself. Right? If you just, if you push over a bushel of oranges, they are not going to line themselves up into a nice neat row or a grid, you know, five, 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 square. It's just going to scatter all over the place. Everything tends toward disorder. The law of Entropy, unless it is acted upon by an outside force, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. You know what evolution says? Exactly the opposite. <coughs> that somehow, some way, we started off less complex and then we developed <coughs> and we grew and we adapted and we changed and we mutated. Until we got as wonderful as we are today. That, that's very unscientific. We're going to talk about the law of the conservation of angular momentum. Still spin the same way. It's not the way our universe works. It's not the way our solar system works. There are planets spinning the opposite way. There are moons rotating, orbiting the opposite way. Everything's just kind of random. Doesn't fit with science. But when I believe that God created heaven and the earth, when I'm viewing the world through this lens, then I'm a problem with any of that. Oh, it makes sense. God was there. God made it. God made it spin that way. And everything is tending toward disorder. In fact, that law is in the Bible, Psalm 102. We already referenced it. The heavens wax old as doth a garment. God's going to change it one day. They say mutations. When Darwin said there'd be thousands of transitional forms, i.e. missing links, and the fossil record is yet to produce one, they kind of changed the whole game plan. They said, well, no, it's not, it's not missing links. It was punctuated equilibrium. No, not punctuated equilibrium. It was mutations. Mutations are responsible for the glories of evolution. Have you ever said, seen anything mutated? Was it an advancement? Was it helpful? I mean, like, that's something you say about your brothers and sisters. 
Mutant. You're mutated. That's not a compliment. <coughs> That's not something that makes you better. Nobody's ever observed any mutation that was beneficial. And especially not one that produced another thing. Another species. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith... <coughs> It is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. There's the problem. The reason for an unscientific view of the world that brags on believing in science is, is simply the fact that man does not wish to believe in God. Evolution is man's excuse for not believing in and God. See, if we can believe that all this just came about by chance, then we can pretend that nobody put it here. The problem with that is God has placed the evidence all around us. In order to reject God, you have to reject creation. In order to reject creation, you just have to close your eyes and be what Second Peter 3 says is willingly ignorant. Let's say in another, in another year, there's a beautiful church building back here on the property. And we go out and we look at it. And I tell you, wow, man, how did that happen? I mean, if you, if you look at the building, none of you would doubt there was a builder. If you walked in this morning and on the whiteboard was some of my wonderful artwork. <coughs> And your heart was filled with excitement. When you saw that, nobody would question. I wonder if someone drew that. I mean, the painting is all you need to see to know. Instinctively, without a doubt, there was a painter. So how can you look at a building and not believe in a builder? How can you look at a painting and not believe in a painter? Only if you're stupid. Ignorant. Dumb on purpose. How can you look at creation and not believe in a creator just because you've rejected his revelation? The Bible says, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The Bible says, Romans 1, 20, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. But men reject it. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So we believe it because God said it, but then it, it just makes sense. As we look at the world around us, our faith is not a blind leap in the dark. Our faith is built on credible evidence. Our faith is supported by our observation of the world around us. Faith and reason are not opposites. They're not mutually exclusive. They, they fit together very well. Back with the other things that we mentioned, first law of thermodynamics, second law of thermodynamics, conservation of angular momentum. Remember this phrase, irreducible complexity. Just talking about faith in creation, making sense of the world around us, irreducible complexity. Take the oranges, for example. If you walked in this morning and saw 10 oranges just neatly placed in a line on the floor right here in front of the podium, you would suspect that somebody did that 
on purpose, right? Somebody got OCD with the oranges in the Sunday school room for some, what, what is this? But if, if there's any order or structure at all, you know that somebody is behind that. Somebody's responsible for that. Have you ever studied science? Have you paid attention in school? The complexity of the natural world, the complexity of the human body made up of trillions of cells and each one of those cells made up of all these complex parts and mechanisms. It's just incredible. The human eye, for instance, has 40 million nerve endings. The focusing muscles move 100,000 times a day. The retina contains 137 million light-sensitive cells. I just believe that. I'm not counting them. That's what somebody says. Here's what Darwin said about the eye. Suppose that the eye, with all its inimitable contrivances for adjusting the focus to different distances, for emitting different amounts of light, for the correction of spherical and chromatic aberration, could have been formed by natural selection, seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. Darwin, you know why it seems absurd in the highest degree? Because it is absurd. In the highest degree, the complexity of the natural world argues for the fact there was somebody really intelligent who was behind it. The famous statistician George Gallup said, I could prove God statistically. Take the human body alone. The chance that all the functions of the individual just happen is statistical monstrosity. Albert Einstein said, everyone who is seriously interested in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that a spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe, a spirit vastly superior to man and one in the face of which our modest powers must feel humble. He was a pretty smart guy, but it's pretty simple to figure that out. Let's say this morning, let's say this morning that billions of years ago, A big bang produced a large rock. As the rock cooled, sweet brown liquid formed on its surface. As time passed, aluminum formed itself into a can, a lid, and a tab. Millions of years later, red and white paint fell from the sky, formed itself in the words Coca-Cola 12 fluid ounces. I mean, come on. that's, That's just a really dumb story. But do you understand that your body... And the world around you is millions and billions of times more complex than a can of Coke. And if a can of Coke couldn't happen like that, who is it that's trying to make us believe that everything happened like that? The greatness of the the world and the order that we see in creation, it just convinces us of God's power and God's intelligence. A mousetrap. Anybody downtown the day that Jed brought his mousetrap to dear Miss Rowan? Five parts. The base, the catch, the spring, the hammer, the hold down bar. Poor little mousey. So tempted by the cheese or the peanut butter or whatever it is. Remove one of the five parts. How long do you think it would take for that to attach by itself? In order for the mousetrap to function. A year? Ten years? hundred years? You just leave it lying on the table. How long, when you take one part off, how long is it going to take for that one part to attach itself for the whole thing to work? If 
If a mousetrap could not come together by chance, how am I supposed to believe that 70 trillion, year, 70 trillion cells with plethora of moving parts and functions that have to work simultaneously to support life would happen by chance? It just doesn't make sense. Okay, so which evolved first, your heart or your lungs or your kidneys? Well, your kidneys, well, they can't function without blood flowing. They need the heart. Well, your heart, well, the heart can't work unless the blood is purified by the kidneys. Well, maybe the lungs, well, the lungs need oxygen. The lungs can't work unless the heart pumps the blood. Well, the heart, well, the, well, the heart needs the oxygen from lungs. It's all, it's all so interconnected. You, you, you can't have one part evolving while the others lag behind. They all had to be there simultaneously. What about the evolution of gender? That's a hot topic today, gender. Let's say that, you know, life just came out of this bubbling broth and, and it evolved and it got better and greater. At what point was that life able to reproduce? You know, we eventually got to this homo sapien or ape-like thing. Well, you're telling me that after millions and billions of years, just so happened that a male one and a female one Ended up at the same place at the same time and knew what to do? I mean, in order for this evolution thing to work, come on, it would have to be an incredible miracle. I'm glad the Bible says through faith we understand. I don't want to live life stupid. The lens of creation makes the world around me just make sense. All right? So yes, it is faith. I wasn't there. But everything I see and observe lines up with the truth I believe from the word of God. And the elders had faith. They obtained a good report. Let's have faith. Let's have faith and obtain a good report. Understand the world's are framed by the word of God. All right, move on next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. It's truth. It's clarity. Uh, God, thank you for providing us with all things pertaining to life and godliness. Help us take heed to your word. Uh, again, would you bless the preaching hour this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.